section forty six masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain a few remarks on making a life by robert e jones doctor of laws editor southwestern christian advocate new orleans louisiana i have a story to relate and at once i want to present to you my hero a hero more inspiring than achilles of the iliad or odysseus of the odyssey or aeneas of the aeneid my hero is not a myth not a creation of literature not a tradition but not unlike the grecian hero in that he sprung from the union of a god and a mortal my hero is not reckoned among the high and mighty nor will his name ever be carved on stone or raised on bronze neither has my hero accomplished startling feats as a hero he may be a paradox inconspicuous humble in station modest hid far away from the maddening jealous curious bickering taunting striving restless crowd of life too long already i have held him from you his name i do not know his birthplace i do not know his age i do not know is it living now here my ignorance is painful i do not know my hero however is an actual man of flesh and blood i met him but twice in life but was so charmed i did not ask his name his personality thrilled and he in a measure has become my patron saint he is not a hero of large and commanding stature but a cripple doubly so his arms were palsied and turned in so that he could not use a crutch his lower limbs turned in also he sat in an ordinary cane-bottomed chair and could easily move himself about by throwing the weight of his body from one back leg of the chair to the other lifting the front legs at the same time i saw him along the train side at spartanburg south carolina a beggar no my young friends beggars are seldom heroes he was a merchant prince he carried his goods around his neck and shoulders and in his outer coat pockets he was selling shoestrings and pencils if you gave him a dime he would insist on your taking one or both of the articles he had for sale in his activities he was a fine lesson of the first requirement of life he was self-sustaining by the sweat of his brow he earned his bread did he complain of his lot not a bit of it his handicap he did not make nor could undo he therefore accepted his condition philosophically he was self-respecting he knew his limitations he knew what he could do and what he could not do he was self-knowing knowing his handicap and that it was quite unlike any other man's and that he needed a means of locomotion he found it he had therefore initiative he leaned not upon the strength of others but used his own resources he was therefore self-reliant he did not wait for business to come to him he put himself in the path of business he was a hustler he saw life through a cheerful lens and kept a stout heart he was optimistic he recognized his own personality apart from the personalities of the crowded throng through which he passed he was a self-contented individual he had but one life to live and he was making the most of life when i left him i crowned him honored him and i love him for his worth as a true man i like a man who faces what he must with step triumphant and a heart of cheer who fights the daily battles without fear nor loses faith in man 
but does his best nor ever murmurs at his humble lot but with a smile and words of hope gives zest to every toiler he alone is great who by a life heroic conquers fate when once away from my hero as i thought of him in my deepest soul i cried thou art my chastiser and my inspirator thou art simple yet great untaught thyself thou art the teacher of all henceforth thou shalt be my hero and guide doubting myself bemoaning my limitations depressed by my failure ashamed of my achievements my seeing you has given me a new interpretation of life i own you my friend my life's inspiration and hero there is my hero you ask his colour what difference does it make men have often refused to recognise worth because of colour but to satisfy you i will tell you he is a negro give a seat of honour to my hero gather inspiration and learn from him the lessons of life if you will here is an individual doubly afflicted without a word of complaint or a fret or whine depending upon his own initiative and resources making the most of life under the circumstances which surround him upon the basis of what has been said in closing this address to the graduating class of nineteen thirteen of the tuskegee normal and industrial institute i desire to offer a personal word in the first place you will know a year from now more than you can realize at this present moment that this is a commencement this is not the climax of your life it is but the beginning and however paradoxical it may seem you are not at the top of the ladder you are at the foot we are here to applaud you to-day not so much in what you have already accomplished as to give you a send-off for the strenuous tasks that lie before you to be frank with you young men and young women the life in earnest that awaits you without will tax every bit of your strength your moral strength will be drawn upon as well as your intellectual resources secondly had i my way i would have each of you burn your diploma and never refer to it as an indication of what you are and what you know do not attempt to pass through the world on your diploma or your class standing the world cares little for these i would urge that you prove to the world what you are by what you can do that you let your achievements point to your diploma thirdly you go forth to-day as a representative of this institution mantled with all the sacred honours prestige and commendation that this institution state and your admirers can bestow see to it that you keep the honours of this hour unsoiled and that you disgrace not the noble history of your alma mater fourthly i do not believe that this institution is fostered with the idea that the few students who gather here from time to time only shall be reached i rather suspect that the dollars that come from the state and generous friends come with the hope that as you have been helped and lifted to culture and refinement you in turn will carry culture to those who may never be permitted to stay in these walls you are to carry light into dark places and unto those who sit in darkness by your arm of strength you are to lift the poor who are beneath you and then your education comes not for self-culture not for self-enjoyment not for self-use but for the betterment of those who are about you fifthly you go forth 
as the embodiment of a new generation you stand to-day upon the foundation built by those who have gone before you they have wrought well by their toil and suffering you are blessed you are to carry your generation one notch higher and thus help the onward march of the world's progress be thou faithful lift your eyes heavenward and aspire to do the best and be the noblest according to god's heritage to you there are no chosen depths no prescribed heights to which you may climb honour and shame from no condition rise act well your part there all the honour lies make the most of life end of section forty six